0: This episode of After the Whistle contains profanity. Listener discretion advised.
1: Please enjoy. How we doing? Eric.
0: Pleasure. What's going on? You tired from your travels or what?
2: You know, I'm getting on a plane here in a few hours, go back to Florida and then Dallas on Monday. I, yeah. Wow. So I'm everywhere. Yeah, you know, it's, I'm, I'm tired Cause you know, I've done about 50 interviews and I, everything I have to say is exactly spot on. Cause if I say one wrong thing, then I got fucking, you know, lawsuits coming at me when I'm trying to just protect and, you know, stand by Kyle. So I'm exhausted from that, but hey, you know, That's doing the right thing's not always easy.
3: Listen, I know we haven't officially started episode nine here with Brent Sopo. So maybe we, we have, I don't know. I mean, I'll I'll let you look at all this before, but I don't know if you if you want that on there or not, but how, like how exhausted are you from all of this? I mean, like yeah. you like you must be just completely beat.
2: Yeah, you know, look at me. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm even uglier today than I normally am. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, you know, I am. Again, just again, you know, I'm dyslexic, so i really got to watch every word I say. You know, one for the legal side, but just, just trying to be there for Kyle, and I'm the only one that, that is speaking, so I'm literally kind of standing on an island by myself. and um, Doing the right thing isn't always easy, and it's not easy, but um, I I can't come out. I couldn't come out and say hi, you know, support him, and then walk away. You know, that wouldn't have been fair to him. He's just – he went through the hardest thing of his life, which was coming out the way he did not resuming to be a Jane Doe.
0: Why are you the only one? I guess it would be my first question. You know, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of guys that were, you know, I would imagine that knew and uh, knew the same information, what you have known and why, why are you. And for that matter, I think Nick Boynton, the only two that have basically stepped up and, and wanted to discuss this.
2: You know, I, unfortunately, you know I, I can't, I can't, I don't know why, What, you know, I can't comment on what they, you know, are doing or not doing. I just, I knew in San Jose, and we came right away to Paul Vincent's, and within 24 hours, we, you know, we brought it to the upper management of, of the Blackhawks, you know. Um, the things that we heard, it was not okay, you know, so we acted right, you know, we acted right away. Um, you're going to take a look when you say we,
0: who is that,
2: you know, Nick Boynton and I, okay. You know, um, took it to Paul Vincent and Paul Vincent went and had of management, you know, up meeting next day with upper management. Hey, this is what went on. And that's when we were told, Hey, listen, you know, we're going to take care of it. And I don't care what title you have. They're, they're fathers, you know, that's where, where it gets me. I don't care if you're a CEO. I don't care. You left. Imagine if that was your kid. And, you know, when I posted my statement the other day, the amount of people that had direct messaged me that it happened to them was it is fucking out, outlandish. When I'm not talking about one or two, I'm talking double digits, triple digits people reaching out to me, saying it happened to them. It's uh, That must make you
3: feel pretty good knowing that, you know, speaking up has made a lot of other people maybe a little more comfortable in their own skin for five minutes to be able to write you and say what they say. It's got to be pretty rewarding.
2: Listen, uh, you know, I've always been different. We could all rev. You don't know me, but these other two are. You know, I've always been the weird guy because I've always cared about people. You know, my foundation. And I don't. I I cried before I I felt that, and I don't even know if I've ever felt what what you just said because. Again, again, being a father, grandfather, I just think somebody's. This is somebody's kid that's writing me this. You know, if I can give them. A platform. and That's what my foundation. I always say, you're not alone. And, and that's just been my message. You're not, you know, come out. You know, I've been sober five years. You got a drug problem. I'll call, call me. I'll help you. I don't care who you are. You know, I'll put you I've put people in rehab. I don't know. I don't care. I'll live in a cardboard box. I don't care if I can help and impact lives positively. And it just breaks my heart that that many, not, like, you know, not one or two, but that many I'm glad they felt comfortable to come to me. Absolutely. But it broke my heart when there's that many. Not right. Like a...
3: yeah. Yeah, I can I can see how, how it how it'd be mixed emotions, right? You're overwhelmed by how many. And it's and you're over, and you're so overwhelmed by how many that you can't even process the positivity that's coming from it.
2: No, it's not like girls reach, hey, let's go out. No. This is the saddest thing that you know, their lives have been changed. Mm -hmm. forever and god pete he puts each and one of us on on a path and i've pretty much gone through every single thing so i i can relate uh on a few different levels uh when when somebody reaches out to me and talks to me about that but just the i know what all goes into it it's just it it's heartbreaking that it's that many like i said it's not one or two it's when's the
0: last time you've talked to uh Kyle when's the last time you've had communication with him, and how is he doing and i I know that i i can't really imagine what he has gone through in 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 the last number of of months now that it has come out, and now that you know the investigation because of guys like you to to help this process forward um, came to you know the agreement that there was, there was some wrongdoing in, in, in all of this. And now K- Kyle is not a liar. It's not something that he was, uh, you know, thinking and pretending in his mind, there has to be a relief that he, f- that he feels the weight off his shoulder, but at the same time is still going to have to deal with this, not only right now, but for the rest of his life. Have you talked to him? How, how's he doing right now?
2: Yeah. You know, I talked to him the other day, you know, for about 30 minutes. But if you, you know, go back to the video uh, when he did his interview, you know, he said that we didn't talk, we didn't have a personal relationship. We didn't. It was the first time I've talked to him in, you know, in 11 years. And I don't need a personal relationship with somebody to do what's right. You know, so he, he sent me a message after he came out. You know, obviously I knew, was, you know, Jane, I knew who Jane Doe was the whole time and um kept that quiet. He, he sent me a message on Twitter, like you, PD. Um, because I didn't even have his number, you know. I was doing what's right for for the human, you know, for for him and uh, as a man. And we had a great conversation. You know, I had him crying, had him laughing, and I, I said this I said something to him. I said, "I'm glad this happened," and that's going to sound crazy for the people that haven't been affected in certain ways, because now you can now you change the world cup. Somebody, no, neg- no positive comes out of, you know, negative comes out of positive. And in the hockey world, you know, if they kept this quiet, we wouldn't be talking about it today. It wouldn't quiet. be on the front page of the paper.
3: Yeah, this will. Whole... Go ahead. Go ahead.
2: Says, Kyle's feeling better because he can start healing now. He yeah. couldn't heal before. You know, the way he was healing, it was the exact same. Him and I, you know, drugs and alcohol. Bury it. Bury it. Bury it. Now. He can feel the feelings and they can be real, and he can learn how to you know learn his new life because it is a completely new life
1: well, I, I said that soaps uh the last time we talked about this last week when it first came out, and that he is literally just starting his process, right like he hasn't been able to go through whether it's uh all the emotions right like anger and yeah. and You know, you could see in his interview how much it hurt him that it it took so long for it to get to this point that it affected other kids, right? Like it it he was able to go on and continue to prey on other kids. And so that affected Kyle just as much as I think what had happened to him is is that guilt. But I think speaking about it and coming out and having guys like you step up right away. Man, that's, that's a lot of courage. That's a lot of courage on him. And I think we need, as a society, take, take hockey out of it. Take the NHL out of it. I think it just needs to be talked about. And I think everyone has had somebody very close to them affected by something. And it leads them to drugs, alcohol. Everybody has been personally touched by it. And we try to sweep it under the rug or hush-hush it. If we all just talked about it and supported each other and, and helped each other heal, it wouldn't be so devastating it, in, in the sense that it wouldn't last so long. It wouldn't be hidden. It yeah. would be out there, and people would be able to start their process not 10, 15 years later. They would start it right away. I, for me, that's the biggest message is being able to have the courage to step up like you guys did early on. But then now continuing that conversation is going to help society, the NHL, everybody – start to talk about this more and i think that's the bigger message here is that we need to be better everybody in in talking about that not being ashamed by it everybody's been affected by it
3: you're you're absolutely right and talking about so you know so i having you on like like i don't like to i mean unless we're talking about a a funny hockey story i always love to insert myself but when we're having a serious conversation if i can relate I, i really i don't like to try to insert myself or my own experiences in my life but but Craig knows Gio knows I'll tell you you know like my parents know I was sexually abused when I was a child between the ages six six and eight and I'm I'm certainly much more comfortable now than I was years ago talking about it or even thinking about it um it's accepting it but Gio I, I don't know your past history I, I I hope you have not had to ever experience you know what i've had or kyle has or any other victim for of any matter of a heinous heinous act uh but but what you just said is is absolutely true there's freedom in speaking you, you, there's there's relief there's like oh my god okay finally it's out there i don't have to like i can tell what the fear was. i like you don't want to be ashamed either well you know, you it, did it, nothing it, wrong that's well that's exactly it and that's how you're made to feel yeah is you're made to feel ashamed at all ages whether you're you're one of the actresses in hollywood that had to deal with uh, harvey weinstein or your uh brent Sopel, or not brent Sopel. i'm sorry kyle beach we're talking to brent Sopel, or myself you know but brent you did say you did allude to personal incidents that that you know made you go down paths that so I mean, it doesn't matter what it is, talking about it, Geo, as you mentioned, and i'll I'll wrap up my segue here, but is it's therapy, it's therapy, and the first time you do it, the second time you do it, the third time you do it, then it almost becomes like uh for me, it became like an addiction, like Craig, I told you that day you were one of the first people on the planet that knew, okay that I felt comfortable actually telling. And, I mean, it, you know, it never changed anything between us. You know what I mean? Like, Gio, no one, no one treats you differently. No one, no one And if they do,
0: I that's their that problem. Too, that's their you, problem. You, you know, you, you expressed that, and it came out. And I don't know why it came out that day, but it came out that day. And at the end of it, Petey, if you remember, you apologized to me. You apologize to me.
2: And that's for, the key. Right? For expressing
0: what fault. you expressed to me. And I looked at
3: you Well, and it's for dumping for, that shit on you. Like you know, no one ever always think, like, man, like does somebody does somebody want to handle that kind of weight? Like but, but like, it's not a weight. Hey, of, you're, guess you're in what? it together.
1: Really? Like King, it's not like, a, I'm it's, just trying
3: to have a good fucking day here, man. Like you know what I mean? But that's how you feel sometimes, you know? Like, yeah, but why just, did you, why did you tell me? You think I was going to judge you? No, that's why
0: I think you I probably think told you, right? You uh, I'm sit there and roll my eyes and kind of look at my watch and say, holy shit, I can't wait to get out of this conversation. No. no, no, that, no.
2: That's a friend. It's not an right. acquaintance. Yeah. That's a friend right there. Yeah. yeah. I mean.
0: You but know, you know in the hockey
2: world, we have a lot of acquaintances out there. That's right, they all right. love us for what we did and who we are and what we got. But that's yeah. a true friend, Petey, yeah. right there.
3: No, no, I appreciate you saying that. I've I've always felt that way, but, but Brent, this, this, this all comes because of you. Like this is, you know, we got to, and again, you're shaking your head. No, I don't want the credit, but you know what, for me to be able to say that and talk about it freely and comfortably is, is a lot because of uh, the emotion that you're showing here. I mean, I can tell how hard this is for you to, that you, that you even have to handle all of this and carry this burden. And I think I think it's incredible what you're doing. I think I said, and I'm not trying to pump your tires. Like I said to, to Gio and Craig, I don't even, I remember you and I hanging together and I remember how much fun we had. I just can't remember where it was. I can't remember if it was PA meetings, if it was charity tours, it might've been a mix of both. Like we were doing hockey charity tours, but I said to Craig and Gio, I said, I said, if, if all of this didn't happen and, 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 and Brent Sopel's name wasn't out there. And I wish, I wish this didn't happen. And I wish your name wasn't out there for all of this because this is horrible that that this is going on and this went on. But, but I said, and someone came up to me and said, Hey, do you know, Brent Sopel, my face would have lit up and I would have, what did I say? I was like, I said, that is one of the single greatest human beings I've ever met. You, you are. And I, and I think anybody listening to this, and I hope a lot of people listen to this, you're one of the most genuine people I've ever met. That's what Gio said the minute I, I said, hey, uh, Soap says hello. He goes, one of the most genuine guys I've ever met in my life.
2: A little out there, but I, you know, I, I appreciate. Here's the thing. It happens for a reason. Everything in this world happens for a reason. Everything is ha- like, I've been through rehab. I can go on and on what's happened to me. There's a reason why I was there that day. I'm strong enough now to have these conversations. Am I tired? Yeah. But, and I told Kyle, I'm glad it happened because Gia was able to say the same thing. You're comfortable enough to say the same thing and come out. It's all trauma, you know? And I always say, you're not alone. You're not alone. So anybody listening, if you're struggling, reach out to any one of us, reach out to me. I'm there for you. And that's what my message is. You know, I keep saying, Joe, you you hit it on the head. This is a worldwide thing. I was on a podcast with Theron Fleur the other day. He said, on an average, these guys have 126 victims before they ever get caught. So they make you feel alone, AP. They make you feel like it's your fault. And I go back to what you said. I think if you ask Kyle, he felt a million times worse when he found out what happened to that other kid. And that's when he broke. Yeah. Okay. It happened to me. Okay. It happened to me. But when it happened to somebody else through me, that's when he broke. And I can only imagine what the drug and alcohol that he went to to bury that. Not what happened to me, what happened to him. And he's like, it was my fault. It was my fault. No, it's not your fault. They make you think it's your fault. I played in Swift Current, Graham James. I was with there in Florida the other day. Text with Sheldon Kennedy, like so. I'm embedded deep because there's a reason why
3: it was like 96 a
2: To here to change the world because that's literally what I wanted.
3: I remember when Sheldon Kennedy came out and started talking about that and everything. And I just remember I was a teenager and I just remember the emotions that it was bringing out in me because it reminded me because I was so young that you're almost kind of like able to box it out, but then you're you know, you're like. Uh, wait a minute, you know, I don't ever want anyone to find out about, you know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, it's Sheldon Kennedy and, you know, Theo Fleury. Yeah, I, I, I just, I, I just, I thought when that came out, I, ne- that's what, you know what, soaps. when I, when I, when that came out, I thought the whole world would know who Graham James was. I couldn't believe he was coaching again. I couldn't believe that he wasn't, that he was, I couldn't believe that he was actually still alive. Like, like for me, I have, I have a theory people make mistakes, uh, you know, you know, in terms of, you know, accidents happening and, and, but, but these kinds of acts, like you literally, you, you may not be killing somebody, but you are, you're, you're altering someone's life forever. And I just think if you're, if you've been charged of a, of a sex crime of a child or or any kind, you're, you should be dead. Well, you should be dead. Theron you should never have a, you should never have another chance.
2: He works with these guys in prisons. And he said to me, he said, he tell they tell him all the time, keep me in here. Because my urge is strong in my common sense. I'm gonna do it again. That's what Theron said. He works with them. You know, I I didn't even know what to say. So exact to follow up what you just said, that's what they tell him all the time.
0: So I want to ask you something, like, to go back 2010, you guys are, you know, what was it? Right before the finals, you guys all?
2: Yeah, that San Jose jersey right above your head. That's when we were, it was in the Western Conference Final when it happened, when when we went to them, you know. We went to 24 hours right away. Went to them and they said, we'll handle it. We'll take care of it. Again, I don't care if you're a CEO of, you know, Microsoft. I don't care if you're a CEO. I'm just naming companies. The biggest companies in the world. It's Apple. I don't care what – When as a father or mother, you expect them to do what's right. You know, How are the players
0: in the dressing room dealing with this? Going into, you know, obviously this is extremely difficult to hear. Now, I know that a lot of these players, or probably 99% of them, didn't even know Kyle Beach because he was a call-up, correct,
2: from junior? Um, you know, he was actually just came out of junior. Yeah. So he was a first-round pick. His junior season ended. He went up to Rockford. They lost up and then came up for a black ace. So this was – he just had turned pro, and I don't even know if he got a paycheck on the pro level yet, that's how fresh he was into this environment.
0: Yeah. So when the players learned of this and were like, how did you guys react to this? How did you guys take in this information? Like, I know, obviously, you and Nick Poynton stepped up in a big way and, um, you know, did what you had to do. But how, how was the dressing room, you know, in, in all this?
2: You know, it was, you know, task at hand. You know, we're in the Western Conference Final. You know, and everybody, um, you know, because Brad was still working. You know, there's a lot of question on, um, you know, how they handled it. While well, they obviously didn't didn't handle it, did we? What, did they? Did we think that it was going to be taken care of after the final? Did we? Did they have a conversation? They said they would. I didn't. You know, we didn't go back and question it because when you're told something, that's like a you know going to your HR, in, you know, in corporate America they look at you. Okay. You know, we're going to take care of it. Those, those are pretty, pretty powerful words. So, um, you know, we had a task at hand, you know, obviously ended up winning the Stanley cup. And from that point to, I won the cup and traded. I think it was like four weeks. And I was never part of the organization again. So I never saw the guy again. Cause I wasn't part of, you know, I got traded right away. So how did they handle it? You know, didn't go back and question that's not, you know, that's not a place to go question. You can't call it corporate America. Hey, hey, how, hey, did you take care of that? You know, when you're not even working for that company? No, it doesn't yeah. work that way. And you guys know, you, like, you know, president of the company, the GM, you know, um, they're your bosses. They said they're going to do something. You know, they said they're going to trade my ass. They trade my ass, right? They fall through, they fall through on everything else. I'm going to send your ass to Myers. I was in the home Myers. There's, you know, so we expected them to handle it. And now what that handle is. I don't know because handling it for a PD when it happened to you would be different than it would be happened to me. Every person is different. Every situation is different. So didn't question. I just expected.
1: Well, but I think you, you, you stepped up and did something right away, right? You yes. handled it in the sense that you brought it, you, you started the conversation and in your mind, right? You go back and you start playing, you win. Like you said, you get traded uh and he he eventually gets released that that time too, so you're like, oh, maybe it was handled, they took care of it and and you don't know anything beyond the fact that you brought it up eventually it was uh he he was relieved of his duties, however you want to call it, moved on, and they they parted ways, not the right way, not handled the right way now in hindsight, but in your mind at that time, you think that you know, maybe what you had done had had taken care of it.
2: It wasn't my place, you know. It, I was there to support him. You know, people are saying, "Why didn't you call a cop?" It wasn't my place. It no. was strong in numbers, not, not it's at strong all. Strong
3: in numbers, and you're you're trying to add support. Yep. And uh, Brian, you no, man. I mean, no. Someone says to you, "Why didn't you call the cops?" No, it's no, 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 no. Um, that's absolutely. Well, I've I've heard so, from so many people you know, saying, well, the players knew
0: about it. They should be suspended too. And I'm like, "There's, uh, I understand that, but I think there was players like yourself, like Nick Boynton that went to a higher authority, Um, Paul Vincent. Paul Vincent says, I will take care of this. He went and did what he had to do. He had a closed-door meeting with all of the top executives in, you know, a a billion-dollar organization. You would think that the chain of command is the one that has to deal with this. It's very, very serious. Now the players, as much as you guys knew about it, it was not your place to do, or, or, or you could have, but it wasn't your place because it was, it was moved to a, a level that that's their job is to deal with it. Right. And I, I, you know, I've had discussions with so many people like they're talking about the players or it should be suspended because they knew about it. Well, it, it, you know, I, I don't even, I don't even know how to answer that question. And, and that's what I'm trying to get at. Like, obviously you guys talked about it in the dressing room, multiple days, everybody knew about it. And. You know, it's, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to understand like as, as from a player being in that environment, being in that situation, trying to stay focused on something that you play your entire life. Like we're, we're, we're all little children. Okay, we're all little children playing in the n h l okay. we're just playing at the highest level now, and we're trying to win the greatest prize that we could ever imagine, and that's to hoist the Stanley Cup and you guys had a task at hand um and you guys did what you had to do by going to the higher authorities so they can deal with it and take care of it, and you guys had to still do what you had to do, and that's prepare for the Stanley cup
2: one guy you know, in the locker room, you know, gee, you were a captain. You represent us all. Did an amazing job too. Um, at it. So one guy, you know, when you walk in that room, you represented all of us. So we talked about it, you know, so the seventh defenseman or the fourth liner, we're all the same thing as, as your first line center or the backup goal. We took it to them, you know, and, for any of us to call the police or something that's that's not our place our place we did our thing we took it to the people higher than us that we went as high it went as high as it can on the hockey side chain of command yeah you know people don't understand that you know the chain of command is is different in corporate america you know then that you know we took it to the ceo in corporate america terms and said he's the one that said he'd take care of it
3: Out of respect for obviously the, everything that's going on and and what you can and can't say, are you, are you able to talk about the last couple days?
2: Uh, not really. You know, I got, uh, you know, yesterday was a great conversation still to go. Say no more,
3: say no more. Do you want us to edit this out? Do you want us to cut that? We can,
2: oh, we can, no, you can, you know, just leave it at that. I can't, I'm not, you know, we're not going to get into what we had, but, uh, but about, are you allowed to say who?
3: Who you met with, or <laughs> you know, okay? I think, right.
2: I think it's out there already. He was out there on social media. That I met it? with Gary? You know, um, you know, I had a good conversation with Gary, and uh, we'll see. Uh, you know, see where where it goes. There's,
3: you know, say no more. Hey, yeah, say, I go back. Say no, say this no is more. a
2: world thing. I. It's not an NHL thing. Just an NHL. It's an NBA. It's NFL. You know, it's a Major League Baseball. It's corporate America. It is the world. Thing. Catholic Church that I got everywhere as many messages as I did. And majority of those people, they're not pro. None of them are, you know, every single one of those messages was not from one retired athlete. It was it happened to me in this, you know, hockey Canada, USA hockey at at, at a younger age. And, um so it's, it's a worldwide epidemic. I'll, I'll call it what it is, epidemic, because there's no way I should get that many messages.
3: You're five and a half years sober? Yes. How long in did you... I'm nine and a half. How long yeah, into sobriety? Yes, yeah, same to you. How long into sobriety did you wake up and you're like, so this is what clarity feels like.
2: <laughs> By the time I te- detox my ass out of all, everything I was doing and... I was buying my ecstasy molly by bags of a hundred at a time kilograms of fucking Coke. So I was almost dead before I was 40. I had an intervention and thrown in a rehab. So literally almost dead before 40. So by the time I detox everything out of my system. like And when,
0: when did that start? Like, when did you start, you know, getting into all of that stuff?
2: obviously, you know, hockey and drinking go hand in hand. I used to say, I used to ice from the inside out, you know, 10, 12 beers from cold beer, you know, Coke and I, used to, I used to laugh
3: at that saying too.
2: Yeah. And, you know, and I w- that wasn't just it. But after the game of hockey, you know, I'm dyslexic, so I was reading at a grade four level in high school. So I have a hard time reading and writing. Nobody would hire me. I couldn't get a job. So I'm like, I got divorced. As you, you know, can't provide. What am I gonna do? The only thing I knew was taken away from me. So I got worse and worse. Get up Friday morning, go to bed Sunday night. Get up Friday morning, go to bed Sunday night. No idea where I was, who I was with. I had to look at my, you know, receipt, my Uber receipt on my cell phone to see when I got home. And my parents are all you know, all my family's in Canada. They came to a wedding and, you know, messed up a buddy's wedding, million dollar wedding. And I got thrown in. And like I said, I was almost I wouldn't have made my 40th birthday. Took away, you know, as men, we just want respect and be able to take care and provide for our family. And I couldn't. So that's where the sober came in. That's where I started the foundation. And um, you know, here we are today
1: you that's unreal because i i like i've said i've seen it firsthand not myself but and i i have no problem i'm not ashamed uh um but the individual is still going through a very hard time right now me and pd have talked uh about it i've leaned on him a bit because in, in my mind i i've never I, i've always enjoyed beers i've never uh stuff like that i enjoy being with guys but it's never been a nightly thing. It's never been a thing I had to do. So I'm very fortunate that way. And I know that it's affected a lot of people. So I've had to learn myself in order to help support. I've had to learn myself how everything works and and what drives it. And and it's at the end of the day, it's a trauma of, of some manner, right? And whether that's a trauma of of horribleness of, of sexual abuse, or it's a trauma of like, you talked about just a little thing like dyslexia and, and going through school and having to deal with stuff like that. That is a trauma too, that, that affects people in different ways. And so that's why I'm the more I'm new in my journey in understanding it all too. Right. And so the more we can talk about it, the more people understand it, the more people can lean on each other. And I think that's just, for me, that's just so, so huge because there is no, uh, you, there, there's nothing to be ashamed of. Um, everybody needs help at different times. And, and, and I think as a world, we need to support each other better. And World's I think it's not an easy place. <laughs> no. And it, it's been, it's, it's been amplified, uh, over the last, you know, 18 months with, with the, with, with COVID epidemic, you know, it's just, we need to support each other at the end of the day. And I think it's just, it's about like you touched on very early on in the episode being a good human being and trying to make each day better for everyone. And I, listen, I, I appreciate you coming on and talking about your personal story, talking about a hard Cal beach story, but I think for the listeners, it's going to be huge.
2: You know, I always tell, you know, PD, until you've walked down the same street, there's two, I always say there's first Ave and second Ave. PD and I lived on second Ave, you know, on second Ave is, you know, somebody ODs on drugs, everybody's like, Oh, just stay away from there. No. We run towards it and we want it because we know it's great stuff. That's just a, a way I like to lay it out there for people. Cause they don't understand how our world works. They, you know, more, no, no, normal human beings are going to stay away, run away. No, we run to it. So yeah. just to, well, I had a stranger,
3: you? I had a stranger run to me, run, running, like heard me talking one day on the radio when I was live on the air, turned his car around. And came and talked to me. I'm still friends with this person to this day. And I'll never forget this person. His name's Jeff Friedman. And I'll never forget it. He just, he's like, Petey, it doesn't matter what he said. He just, he pulled over and he's like, I'm sober. You know, like I, I did a lot of dumb shit. And he's like, you know, I'm clean now. I did this. I almost lost this. I, da, 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 da. And he he's just like, he's just the greatest guy. And i I, you know, and I, you know, I find people that are open about their trauma to be the most laxed in life. I really do. I mean, when they're when they've started to heal. Like I was about to ask you. So why upset, is that though? Because the weight acceptance. Acceptance, acceptance the weight and the, the weight the accurate. yeah, like the comfort. Like there's no more, you know, like I feel like actually people know me now. You know, they know the real me. Like there's no like there's no like Here's you give yourself credit here. Underneath the curtain or behind the curtain is this dark, broken soul. It's like it's a. It's totally different. And I was just going to ask you, so it's like, and you were about to say something, but I, and I, I've noticed that I like to dominate conversations. But it has there been a point yet, and and nothing's funny, not about I'm talking about our own lives, our own personal lives, not someone else's, our own personal lives. Nothing is funny. But have you been able to, to laugh? at some of the shit you did like that led you that led you to sobriety and like because i you know you like i do know how to tell stories but i mean like i just like you you don't get to you don't go to rehab or you don't go sober some people just do it because they're like, oh, I felt shitty when I did it, but other people are like, I had to do it and I had to do it. But then I just think back, I think about the, there are some really th- things I'm just like, no, 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 no. And then there are some D- things where you D- D- do me a favor. Where See, just I still like- remember back years and years ago
0: when we were, I know you have a
3: couple of stories you want me to forget, Riv.
0: <laughs> I mean, I'm going to tell you this. I still remember this six foot four, 255 pound guy in a pair of white underwear and a white uh, collared shirt from uh, Tom Cruise and what is it?
3: Risky uh, Business. The Risky Business. That was my Halloween party costume. It
0: was incredible. You walked around the entire night in the middle. It was like, I think, well, it would have been uh, Halloween, I think.
3: Oh, wait, are you talking at Millsy's event, the 80s event? I did that there, too. I went to this big event dressed as Tom Cruise and Risky Business Tidy Whiteys. I wore two Tidy tighty-whities because I had two pairs because I knew somebody was going to try to tear a pair off. Yeah, half the I used night. To wear I had
0: no shirt on. You walked around with a pair of Tidy Whitey underwear. Yeah. You had socks on, though.
3: Yeah. Well that was a fun night though, Riv. I mean, why are you trying to we can't ruin that's everything? Nor- hey Riv, that's a normal night for us. <laughs> Jesus, that was only at eight o'clock,
2: Riv. What was eleven thirty like?
3: <laughs>
2: no, it's, it's, wait till we know... put the boogeyman mask on.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I wore the scream mask. Can I wear the can I wear the scream mask? The mask from Scream.
2: But you, uh, know, listen. you, you should be proud because you are sober and I want to get back to what you said. You did the hard work to be okay with you today to stay sober. Because I always joke. Thank you. Oh, I got to play sober golf and have sober sex for the rest of my life? What? (laughs) But it's feeling the feeling sober. And that is the hardest, most beautiful, most real thing that I've ever had in my life. And I told that to Kyle. There's not a lot of real things in this world. And when you can feel those feelings, you know, sober and feel them, really feel them, your life starts changing. Am I wrong, Petey? How long before that
0: happened for you? You know, you went through your intervention and went into rehab and it, it, it very apparent it probably took a while to clean yourself up mentally, physically, emotionally. And at what point in time do you feel that that you've gotten to a place where you're where you're happy with where you're at? How long did that take? Or are you still dealing with it today?
2: And I and I think that's what that's the key. Word. It, it's every day. I think the hardest thing in the world is you know self reflect. But that's how you grow as a person. You know, during this whole COVID thing, you know, I you know for me God was talking. You know, sending us all a message: stay home with your family, connect with your family, do some work on yourself, do do the hard stuff. The people who did are okay. The people who didn't. They're the ones that are trying to control what they can't control, you know, so it's every day, you know, something new happens to each one of us different every day. That's life. That's human. But I have to go back and reflect on it to stay sober. So I think most sober people are real because if we're not, we're not going to stay sober. And if we're not sober, we're going to be dead. If I have a beer, it tastes so damn good. You'll never see me again.
3: I can smell a beer. Now I can hold a beer, a full beer bottle up to my nose and <sighs> picture myself on a dock on a sunny day and just be like, that's all I need. Yeah. Now you, you put a glass of scotch or booze under my, under my nose, I'm going to vomit. Like I can't drink great Gatorade cause it reminds me of great <laughs> vodka shots. Like <laughs> I'm like, it just makes me eh, eh, like I start. Oh, anyway, listen.
1: But how do but, how do you get to that point that like I've said that to you, PD, too. Right after a charity I, game, we we beers get tossed around. Failed three times, one. Gio. I failed I, three times. I, I failed. Know, but but what I'm you, saying is, how do you, as a person, so take me? I'm here. I crack that beer. I immediately that day. I remember it vividly. We're in the locker room. I go. I pop uh, pop the beer, and I look across the room, and I see you, PD. I'm like, shit. I just messed up. Like, how am I a good friend, acquaintance, whatever you may be? And I'm sitting here popping a beer in front of somebody that and, and I don't know who's who's who who's that's advice. not your problem. What, that's, that's exactly not, that's Gio, that's, that's not, not you. your problem. I you but yes. I feel like I need to support that. And if I can't handle it, no, if no. I
3: can't handle
1: it, I leave. Correct. Like, Gio, like if we you come change. over to my house like if you come over to that, my house, does that not you isolate can't... you even more that you have to leave you're the one no. leaving? Why mm-hmm. can't we as a group help support you? Because it's just, me, just going into my, I'm can't just going ask into everybody mindset. to shut their
3: can't ask everyone to shut their world down for right. your own growth like it's again it's that uh, it's that look I, like here's maybe a little pat on the back but it's it's you know i'm weak in some ways like you put a rigatoni parm from chefs in front of me fucking thing is done i have no i like i don't have no desire to drink
2: your dad I, body I just, looks good what's that your dad body looks good i've worked on that
3: I've worked on that but dad body, to be quite honest with you. It's gone the other way. But Gio, I appreciate what you're saying. And I I I I'm sorry for cutting you off, but I say this adamantly. If you blow your knee out, do you travel with the team? No, I, I what do you do? You yeah, but, isolate but, but, yourself and you go and you and you rehab your knee and you you build your knee. Now maybe this is a bad analogy, but it's you know, it's like and and if, if the guys are going on the ice and you're all with the team, they're going on the ice. You're going back in the training room. It's like, it's so a flip we're that. Always, we're always in rehab. For Jed, in my mind,
2: myself, when I came out of rehab, I moved apartments.
3: No, I didn't go I to rehab. Just just so you know, yeah. I, so I said we're always in rehab. But I, I feel like I. But I. Yeah. Just have no disrespect so to I, someone who actually I went to rehab. We
2: we changed you, know, not you guys. So I had to move my apartment. I had to move the town I was in. Because that same stop sign I hit when I was drunk, that same dealer that lives in that house—it's the same. So we change. So we—we're trying to change for the better. You guys don't. Yes, yeah, you're supporting us. You know, it is being a, a true friend of what you are. But if we—we're the ones that are in the whole true process of changing. It took me back. Where of your question? It took me over a year to be okay with who I am. And then, like he said, for us to leave. You're not isolating us. Absolutely not. Well, I
1: take it, if I flip yours, and I know it's not a great analogy, PD, in the sense that we we all played. We all got injured. We all felt the isolation that you feel when you're injured. You're not out there helping your team. You're not all that stuff, right? So for me, that isolation part still plays a factor. I, I know where you're going with the analogy. Now might not have been a great analogy, but no, way, no, but I, it, it is. But I, I get it. And so when I was so injured, it wasn't
0: isolation; it was paradise because then I wasn't getting <laughs> punched in the head every night, so it was perfect.
3: <laughs> and I'm not getting hung over anymore, so yeah. it, it's,
0: it's like it's,
1: it's, the, it's the same
3: thing. It, it's the equivalent.
1: Yeah, 100. So, but so help me, okay. So in my personal thing, somebody's at rehab. They come out, and and I get you have to change all of your your lifestyle that was before but i'm i'm a very close person and so you're not changing and cutting me out of that so now how do i help support that in the immediate as you're still working on yourself because once you get out of rehab you're, you're you're still starting the process like you you've you've gotten past the point but there's still a big process to be had I want to, to be integrate, integrate your for new the, you and for the listeners. And, and for me, how do we help in that? Because I don't know. I've, I've never been there. I haven't been in yours and PD situation. So I think for the majority, as I say, this is a huge world issue. And if we talk about it, we can help each other. And so I'm looking to help. And so how do I know what is right as far as supporting and also do you, do you, uh, do you see where I'm trying to
2: get at it? at it? Is oh, it hey. go, Petey, go you for you it? Take this no, no, right? no, no,
3: no, it's, no. It's a great question. But I mean, if, yeah. if,
2: if go, go ahead. Listen, I couldn't go into a bar for over a year. So I couldn't put myself in that situation. So PD wouldn't be playing hockey knowing those beers are coming. You know, yeah. So we're, we're not, we, we knew what's going to happen. We have triggers. I knew, like, you know, like I said, it took me a long time to even golf because I'm awful. And golfing and drinking go hand in hand. So it took me a while to be okay to golf. I had to be okay with who I was to put myself in situations. It's not you, Gio. No, oh, no. It's us, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. I know. And and this I, is- I, I get that 100%.
1: I'm just... as as somebody that can help and help support and and, and friends and family and whatever it may be.
2: Ask, ask a question. Yeah. Yeah, Don't
1: go,
3: don't go pick up a guy at, don't go pick up someone who's just like, you know, started to to quit something or other. Oh no. Hold on.
1: You got it. You got it. You're
3: good. I got it. Don't go pick somebody up out of rehab or, or someone like myself who's fresh trying to, to be sober and say, Hey, you want to go sit at the bar? Clearly. You, you just have clearly. a water and eat a chicken sandwich. I'm going to have a few beers and clearly, and then bury a few wins. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So, but, so
1: it, I guess it's it's a, a matter of of the individual understanding when they're okay with being able to be put in those situations. But you know, it's. It, it, I I'm just trying to help right like you're you're trying to help and there's a lot of people that are trying to help in the in the process that 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 love you and that that support you and they just want to know what to do and and I'll, I'll even go further so if you say ask a question I'm going to be honest when I when I talk to this individual I don't want that to be the only thing that comes up every time I talk to him because that's not what defines the person that's no. not what I see in the person I want to have normal, uh, real conversations, but I also want to respect and check in and and see how things are going. So it's a fine line and you're always trying to figure that line out on my end. And it's it's probably different on your end and whatnot, but, uh, talking is therapy, I get that, but it doesn't need to be all consuming because then, then it's just beating the person over the head with, because they feel ashamed as it is. And I, I don't want that, that shame
2: to continue every day. That's, if that if that if that is a worry, then that person is in an, in is it, you don't even have to ask the question if this makes sense because he's not ready. Yeah. Hey, like Pete and I can go in the bar together. You know, I don't I can sit there all day long. I've you know listen, I'm single, trying dating people, trying to find try and find a sober date. It doesn't work, you know. So that's no problem. But if that question has to be asked you, if it's on your mind all the time, where he's not protruding or saying he's in a good position that answers your question without answering the question if that makes sense
1: yeah yeah and and i'm not talking about hey listen grabbing him and going to a restaurant and bar like that's yeah, yeah. not the situation no, 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 i'm talking no, 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 no. about i i get what you're saying The as you talk about it i'm gonna get the cues that hey uh, you're getting in a better place you're talking about it more uh you're okay with it and and things like and i, I don't maybe i'm not using the right words with you you're no okay no you're, right, right, right. Right. you're and right. right and this
2: is great question geo because Pete and I live in that world. We're on second street. Everybody else is on first street. So I think I think the the thing to think
0: about is, you know, it it's a it's a, obviously an uncomfortable, touchy situation when you know someone that is dealing with this and you're trying to tiptoe around it and you're trying to do what's right for them. But the the understanding is they have to almost recondition themselves. They have to work on themselves. They they have um, condition themselves that as soon as they enter a bar or as soon as they see, you know, alcohol, then it's like Pablo's dog. I mean, they're, they're starting to salivate and they haven't even touched the, the bottle yet. Um, it's going to take time for whoever has these issues to recondition them, their bodies, their minds, their, the way they, they deal with themselves to be able to go back into those bars and not have the same feelings. Like, Petey can go into a bar. I don't have any problem whatsoever sitting down with Andrew and ordering a beer and having a drink because I oh, I went, up, up, to I went up, up to
3: Riv's fridge. I went up to Riv's fridge. We were at his house a few weeks ago, and I went up. I go, can I have another one of those sparkling uh, raspberry waters? It's like, yeah, they're up in the fridge. He's the host. I, I assume he would have got <laughs> one, but he's like, they're, they're up in the fridge. I'm eight stairs up. He goes, hey, Petey bring four beers down. I go, who are the other ones for? He goes, look at, look at him lean back. Look at him lean back. He goes, well, they're not for you. (laughs) But no, but
1: you're, you're very far on your journey, right? Like it's, so that's exactly, that's why I pose the conversation. He's reconditioned himself. Yeah. You know, he's in a good, he's in a
0: good state in his mind and he's strong. And now it's like, you know, he's living his new life. Right. And he's happy. How many, but,
3: how, sorry, go
0: ahead. River. No, no.
1: I mean, these conversations are happening because yeah. of the, what's happened and transpired over the last couple of weeks. Right. We wouldn't be on this talking about it and, and, and going in depth and, and, and talking about the struggles, if it wasn't for an unfortunate situation. So like, that's what the courage, whether it's you soaps or, or beach and, and, and Boynton like that's what it has brought about. And I, that's, I love it.
3: How small did your world get soaps when you uh, went into rehab and then just came out and knew that when you had to be sober, that there was a lot of people in your life that were close to or you thought were close to you that you thought had your best interest. Like I had a lot of barstool friends, like barstool buddies, man. They were, they were just like, and that's the thing. Like I had, I had such a big group of, Mm, That's people
2: acquaintances. I always say
3: people I knew. I almost said friends. People yeah. I knew that would like a group, like a group of people on Monday. Hey, we're meeting yeah. at this the normal place on Monday. But those people didn't know the people on Tuesday, so they wouldn't know that I was at it two days in a row. 100%. Then, like, then maybe then maybe I take Wednesday off, and then I'd have Thursday where my Thursday. You know, friends yeah. were like, hey, you want to come out? It's the Thursday group. We got darts tonight. You know, like they didn't know my Monday, Tuesday group. And then I went downtown on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, where it's very normal to be downtown Friday, Saturday.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And, that's, and that's what happened. Like all my family's in Canada. So there's no, there's no other alcoholic or dry act in my family. They don't know the word rehab. They don't know. So my parents came down for a wedding. Went out downtown Chicago Friday night for dinner. I buried a bottle of vodka at dinner. Oh, you're up for out. a good night. Yeah, then I went out. My parents are like, what the fuck? Well, then I go to the wedding the next day and I've got my little tickle trunk of Molly XC Coke and I'm lipped out of my mind and started a huge brawl. And but my parents never, never you know, back to your question, you know, they had no idea what I was doing. I was the first time they're like, oh, this guy's out of control. Yeah. You and can't do that and stand awesome. up.
3: Yeah. You can't do that and stand up. If it's like a once a week thing.
2: No, I buried a bottle of vodka at dinner. Tavern on rush boys. You know where you know, oh, yeah. triangle you all know where it is. <laughs> right across Inside. from Gibson's.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Used to hit Gibson's, get the get the big steak, get a carrot cake, and then head over and fill oh. your belly even more with some beers across the street.
2: Go have a you know little dessert barley sandwich or you know two or ten. I always said you you know, are born with two hands for a reason. Double fisting everywhere you go. <laughs> and then, and you know I left rehab. And, you know to talk about it. I had to get rid of every single one of my friends. I got rid of everybody in the hockey community. I. You know, everybody does it certain ways. I had to, because, you know, you guys, drinking is all we know. And I loved every sip of it. So, for the first year, once I got a rehab, I didn't speak to anybody. You know, a couple of my buddies refused to talk to me. So, literally, I I did a year journey alone. Got up at 5 5 a.m., yoga, 5.45 a.m. You know, meditated, pray, you know, that was my journey for a whole year. I did it alone. And everybody's got a journey. How you get sober, that's why COVID was so hard for drug addicts and alcoholics, because we all got sober one way. In COVID, that changed. We had to find another way. And it it was drastically, there was a lot of relapses because there was only one way. And that was, it was a long, it was the longest year of my life but the best year of my life. And I had to do it alone. You know, and when I I counsel people, I always say, you got to go back and clean your closets out. And for visual purposes, zero to five, six to 10, you can't leave anything in those closets. Because if you do, at some point in time, it's going to open the door and it's going to scream its head. And the longer it's in there and when it comes out, it is awful. And each time you don't go back and comes out, it's it just worse and worse and worse. And it took me a long. I'm still cleaning all those closets, but I have to go back every day and evaluate my life and where I'm at and, and what I'm doing. And yeah, I always say those acquaintances are no longer acquaintances.
3: Rowdy, are, are you accepting of all this?
2: Yeah, yeah. I am. Sounds Again, like you are. It's made me strong enough to have a conversation and be able to be here for Kyle, not me for Kyle and for every victim out there. This isn't about me. It's about Kyle and every victim that doesn't want to come out and is a victim. You know, that's why I'm here today. Oh, Where can people you. find awesome.
3: you? Where can people find you?
2: You know, I'm all over social media, you know, um, you know, I, the foundation, parental, the foundation.org in, in the U S or .ca in Canada, you know, send me an email. We'll get back to you. Social media, Uh, I will always get back to you at some point in time. I will respond to everybody. Sometimes it takes longer than others with all this going on, but anybody, and when I say anybody needs something, please, I will help you any way I possibly can.
3: Yeah, this might sound really messed up, uh, but for as difficult and as hard uh, as these conversations have been today, I have – I I f- I feel I I f- I don't know I feel great after talking to you guys. I I really do. And Gio, you're your friend. Anytime, you know, you need one of us to talk to him. I I don't need to offer, Brent, he already no. offered that. He's yeah. there and yeah, I know yeah. you know me. You got but- my
2: number. Pass my number, Gio. You need to call me day or night, middle of night, call me. My phone never gets turned off because I don't care if somebody's reaching out, I'm going to answer. So like Petey said, do you have my number? Do you need it? He needs it. Whoever needs it, it's there.
1: Listen, that's huge. And I appreciate it. I appreciate the support. And it's the the people around the individual who's struggling need just as much support at times because we're trying to navigate something we've never had to navigate before. Right. And that's what I've seen personally is I'm looking for answers. My Uh, me being naive to it or whatever the word is that you want to say me not having that experience, inexperience with it. You're just trying to do the right thing and support in the right way and help. And so like, I appreciate the support. I appreciate you being open. And, and uh, like you said, everyone's journeys uh, different. And this individual is still early in the journey and, and not ready to, to, to have that spoken or I don't want to speak on behalf of somebody publicly for it, but um, just
3: being there, just being there. And th- like, they may never lean on you. They may never lean on you, but they know you're there. I mean, there are people, uh, my world now is smaller than it's ever been by design. <laughs> and yeah. I can tell you that if you're I probably text, happier
0: than you've ever been. Oh, to.
3: if I text somebody, like if, 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 if I, that mean they know they mean something to me, you know, like, if I respond to somebody, they know they mean something to me. And I, I, you know, if just just knowing that somebody is there, okay, is, especially when you're comfortable enough to talk,
2: and that's you when you're you having this conversation, saying your things he said, you mean more to this individual than you will ever understand.
3: Yes. Because you're trying to figure out, and it's got to be hard walking on the eggshells because yeah. you're... Cause you don't want to relapse. You don't want to do something. Yeah, to make you're you're tick, not yeah. trying
1: to walk. You're not trying to walk on eggshells. You're trying to respect uh, the individual. If, if in my mind, I'm trying to respect, I'm trying to support, I'm trying to, the biggest thing I'm trying to learn for myself, how to, to help. Right. And yeah. like we've said, we've, 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 we've hit it. It's we've, we've it's support. It's trying to do the right thing and it's uh, being there for people and that's all that it is is it, it's just love for the person next to you at, at the end of the day
3: i have i have one question for you geo before we let you go I, I, let all you guys go but does the person that you're talking about accept that they had an issue
1: well i mean we like, let, let's face it we've uh had the intervention quote unquote whatever you want to call it uh they're in rehab uh now and it's uh it's very early in the journey. It, it, it's so, I, I don't know whether it's accepted. It's It's been talked about and I, I see huge gains and progress. Um, I just hope the momentum continues to, to go because it is, it's, it's, it's a long time and you guys are talking five and a half and nine years. That is such a huge journey that you've been on to get to this point. It's unbelievable to see. It's unbelievable to see where you're at, but it, I also know on the back of my head and what you guys have talked about, it's a daily, daily self acceptance, daily self check-in, daily self. Uh, it's all tell whatever, this person. You know, you know what I mean? This, like it, they it, win, they
3: it, win with every you. day. They win. Yeah, exactly. I had, I had somebody who went to rehab say to me, you win every day. Even if you have a shitty day, you mm. still have a victory at the end of the day. And something that a lot of people doubt that you can do and something that even you might at times have doubted that you can actually do. And, and you don't rest on that every day, but there are days where I'm like, you know, you're just, I'm like, Holy shit. It's been like, and you actually know how long, nine years and seven months. Oh my God. Like it's, it's flown by, you know what I mean? Like, uh, so you, you have, you have little goals. I mean, we've talked, Riv and I have talked to somebody recently who is, who has, quit drinking and, and, you know, they tweet about it. Mike Ratchuck thousand days and this and that. And he's been very vocal about it too. I love people that do this. I love it because there's less of them than the others. And, and, and I like being unique. I, I, you know, I I said,
1: I I said that to Ratchuck, uh, same thing. I, I, we talked about it within the second time I've really met him. We talked about that. And I said, I thanked him for his openness. I thanked him for being able to talk about it. I thanked him for the support for me and it, someone I didn't even know really. You know what I mean? Like it just, it, like you said, Soaps, it's how things come about and where you are in life. It happened, things happen for a reason, right? And so this is happening for me. I'm I'm getting supported and then hopefully I'll be better support for, for other people.
2: There's a couple things I always say. Jill, in the 12-step <clears throat> program, the hardest step is the first one. The first one is admitting you have a problem. So have you admitted you got a problem or have you admitted you got a problem those are two different admits Yep. and the other one i would say is can't change the past you can't change the future only the now <clears throat> i might die tonight i don't know everybody's like oh that's more it's the truth we don't know when that car's pulled so why am i worrying about three weeks down the road <clears throat> to try and stay sober we have to stay in the moment
3: that's not morbid. What's morbid was getting behind the wheel when I was loaded. Oh. That was morbid. That could have God, been more. God would watch me. I never
2: killed anybody. I drove yes. with my kids drunk all the time. Like I this drove all the time. Yeah. Did you
3: guys hear the story about this football player?
2: Yeah. Like 156 miles an hour? As you Americans call it, miles per hour.
1: Was, not kilometers <laughs> yeah what is that two two, two something
2: 240
1: <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah like there's it's just it's like a you know life lost uh someone died someone in the car was badly injured and then you have you know he's in in my opinion he's he's least uh important in this but still what an unbe- because of the mis- like the mistake that he made the stupidity but
2: Nobody's ever made a good decision drinking.
3: <laughs>
2: really? Well, it, it shows the grip. Well, I did has, double right?
3: down. I did double down <laughs> once when I shouldn't have because I was loaded, and I won. And, <laughs>
2: <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I'm stunned.
3: So, so listen, like that doesn't mean I'm going to drink and go to the casino or anything. I'm just saying that, you know, when you're a few beers deep, you know, I mean, you know, you can, you're still somewhat. I'm just, I'm just, I shouldn't be an enabler. But you're right. It's true. Nothing good. Nothing good comes to drinking, in my opinion, man. Uh, sorry for the for the bad timed humor
2: there. No, it's good. You know, it's not bad timed humor because those are our those are our realities for us. Yeah, we were in some dark places. Did some dark dark things. Not proud of them. But it got me here today, to be able to be. Because if I this Kyle stuff, if I was still drinking, I couldn't do what I'm doing. would be a train wreck and I'd be six beers deep already.
3: It would be, it would be very unlike me to end this show without making it about me. So I'll say this, Brent, we hear it after the whistle. I've had quite a week. Okay. Uh, We, we won an Emmy for a project we did with Ty Domi and Rob Ray. We broke the Jack Eichel trade. And most importantly, had the most powerful interview and conversation with former players that I've ever had in my entire life. And I am so proud of you and your role in this whole shitstorm. And you should be very proud too. And not only that, be proud for. Everything you've accomplished. Everything you've accomplished. Hockey, life, and sobriety. I mean that, man. I I've really enjoyed chatting with you. And I knew I knew we were gonna have a great chat today just because, but I didn't know where the conversation was going to go. But I'm so grateful for you today. I really mean that from selfishly. Selfishly for me. I mean that. And I'm sure geo probably feels Uh, the same way i can't
1: yeah i don't want to belabor the point but it is i said it earlier and i appreciate it and i thank you i thank you that's the only word that i can come up with is thanks for uh doing this and and thanks for helping me um as well
2: well thanks for having me boys it was always good to catch up with you but our journeys together are just beginning you know geo we're there for you and for your family and everything that's going on there and you know, Riv, that you're friends with, with these guys. This stuff is going to affect you, too. So, don't – you know, we're all, we're all here for each other. I'm here for you guys, and I'm for her, here, everybody listening. you need anything, please, never hesitate.
3: Riv's has really had to bear a lot of weight today.
2: I Look at the size of those shoulders. He can do it. I mean, you, tell you haven't you seen something. What's off camera. Those are the fattest are the, shoulders the, I've the ever side, seen. The that. size
1: of what's off camera right now. That's why he put his hands where they are. They're hiding a little extra –
3: it's
0: amazing how it goes from like a pat on the back to just tearing a guy down. This is, I love being around these guys because they can never let you get too high. Right. So, but soaps, uh, you know what, listen, I mean, uh, when Petey said that, uh, that you were going to come on here today, um, I, I, I mean, I, PD, you remember what I had text? I'm like, wow, this is truly amazing. And uh, you had, you had a pretty special career in the NHL. You're an unbelievable defenseman, uh, right-handed defenseman. Which, you know what? <laughs> I mean, you know what? I really appreciate what you had to say today. You're so honest, and I think you're going to help a lot of people. And I think that that's what this is all about. That's why we, uh, you know, wanted to have you on today, just because uh, you're there to speak out, you're there to help, you're there to support. And, uh, you know, I can't, uh, I don't know Kyle Beach. And I just hope that uh, that young man can find some peace and he can find some healing. And I know that you had a lot to do with uh, his, his start in his, uh, of his process. So thank you very much for coming on today. It was absolutely amazing.
3: That's a wrap on another episode of After the Whistle. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, After the Whistle, and at Craig Reve 52 at the Instigator76. And you can find us, as you already know, on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, and anywhere else where you can get your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to spread the word.